This week on Buffy the Gilmore Slayer. Are you Team Glenn or Team Dean? Or I team... don't think we're Team Any Man in Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> Buffy the Gilmore Slayer. Hello and welcome to Buffy the Gilmore Slayer. I'm Brian Morris. I'm Stacy Kulo. We're comedians. And a couple. And I've never seen Gilmore Girls. Which is the show that I love. But I've never seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer, one of Brian's favorite shows. So we're watching both shows together, all seven seasons, comparing them as we go. This week, we watched Gilmore Girls Season 2, Episode 15, Lost and Found. As well as Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 2, Episode 15, Phases. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Vamantimes. That's how you like to say it, right? Vamantimes, yes. Vamantimes, mm-hmm. okay. This is coming out March 2nd, I think, but um, it is Vamantimes times for us. Yeah, which is a real holiday. What have you been up to, boo? Not that much has changed with me, but I did just read a book from a book club called A Deadly Education by Naomi Novik. You said it was like a Harry Potter, but there's like evil monsters. Yeah, it's Harry Potter-ish, but there's just like the whole idea is that there's these monsters that just love eating wizards. And so just like every day at the school, you could be eaten by a monster. That sounds scary. Yeah, it is. It's a lot like Buffy in that like I feel like people don't seem that traumatized by it. Mm-hmm. That's my, my biggest criticism is that people seem sort of blasé about the fact that your friends are getting eaten horribly all of the time. Time. But it was good. I liked it. I'd recommend it. I guess it's, there's two books. But it was a short read. It was like 300 some pages. Uh, I just read it in a couple days. Are you going to read the second one? Yeah, I'll read the second one. What's that one called? I think it's called The Last Graduation. Oh, that means they all die. Yeah, I think so. I've just been reading The Handmaid's Tale for like the last year. Maybe we should read a happy book. <laughs> <laughs> takes me a really long time to read books. I used to read on the subway, but now there's nowhere to go, so I don't go anywhere, so I don't read. Yeah, I know you have trouble reading books. You can't say the word Valentine's Day correctly. It's Valentine's. Right. I've also been reading the entire Wizard of Oz series. You're I, reading like three books right now. Yeah. I, <laughs> maybe I have ADD. We'll see. I got a few Christmases ago the entire Wizard of Oz series. It's weird, man. And it's all very dark and it's supposed to be for children. If you've seen Return to Oz, that movie is a combination of the second and third books and it's all very messed up, but pretty true to the books in a lot of ways. We did a review on that movie, if you want to look at it. We did. We never uh, put it together or released it. Oh, okay. We just filmed Were you it. telling me if I want to look at it and finish <laughs> editing it one of these I days? I thought we finished editing. It's somewhere in my phone. Oh my gosh, we recorded an entire review of that movie, probably at least 30 minutes to an hour worth of footage. And we stopped and then we realized that there was an Amber Alert. So the recording had just stopped after about 10 or 15 minutes. So we were just talking to nobody, not being recorded for like a solid 45 minutes or so. Hopefully that's not happening now. Yeah, no, I can see it. Our sound waves are going into my computer. Should we talk about our shows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this week we started with Gilmore Girls. Brian, why don't you tell them what happened in Lost and Found? This episode is about Jess becoming friendlier with Rory's mom and also about Luke finding another place to live so that he and Jess don't have to live in the same little bitty apartment. Mm-hmm. The show opens with the girls walking. Lorelai's got her hand cut because she was trying to clean her gutters by herself. It doesn't seem like it's actually a difficult job, to be quite honest with you. Like, it's a job you don't want to do, you know? Like, uh, it's unpleasant and it takes time, but I don't know how she cut herself. She says she had, like, a near-death experience. She goes to Luke's and they find out that Caesar, who we met a couple episodes ago, he's the one cooking and that's terrible because he makes the worst pancakes. And she needs reward pancakes because she hurt herself. Sympathy pancakes? Or healing pancakes? Healing really pancakes. A, a reward. That's true. Also... Caesar's waiting tables and cooking, and it's implied that Luke also usually is always cooking. It's a lot to be doing at once. I've worked in a lot of restaurants. You need someone that's not the server doing the cooking. So Lorelai's like, don't worry, I'll just go in the back. And she just goes up to Luke's place, which is also weird. She knocks on the door, and he's like, what do you need? She just walks on in and is like, make me pancakes. He's like, no, I can't. Jess's mother sent, like, all of his stuff, and I'm trying to organize it. His apartment's a mess and super cluttered. And she just, like, keeps hounding him, like, please. Please make me these pancakes, please. He's like, no, no. She's like, please. Finally, he's like, all right, I'll do it. This whole time, I'm just like, girl, he's busy. Like, maybe he doesn't want to make you pancakes this one time. Yeah, he's like looking for his work ledger. I think he's like doing other work, which is why he has a Caesar. Yeah, so just order something else. Yeah. You cut your hand. You're there every day. She's being a bit of a baby here. Just because you've been to his apartment doesn't mean you can just go up there whenever you want. Once again, just like, do this stuff for me, Luke. But don't worry, he gets her back in this episode. He actually uses her as well. I know, I was like, oof, this is really bad examples of the behavior of Lorelai that Brian hates. But then Luke's very guilty of some of this stuff later. Oh yeah, absolutely in this episode. Then later that night, Rory and Lorelai are going to get some ice cream. 
frame, and they pass by Luke's, and he's inside watching an itty-bitty television, drinking a beer. And he lets her in. He's like, yeah, I just came out here for a little privacy, which doesn't really make sense, because, like, you, people can just see that he's in there. Right. But Jess is upstairs playing, like, loud music, so he just wanted to get away from that. Right. I remember having a TV like this, and I remember thinking it was, like, really cool to have this in my room, that I had my own TV, even though it was black and white. I could, like, watch The Simpsons on it. Which is funny now that I have, like, a 50-plus-inch TV, and I'm like, I can't go smaller than this. He's even got me convinced of that. But anyway, she's like, you should get a bigger place. He's like, no, it's fine. She's like, no, I'm a great parent, and my advice is the best. And he's like, okay, I'll think about it. I feel like Lorelai is right about Luke needing to move. Mm -hmm. It does seem like it's a lot for her to, like, really push him on that, but she is right. His place is really small. I agree that he needs a bigger place. But I don't know if it's like, if they're good enough friends that she's like, no, I'm right. You need to move. Maybe they are. But is Jess's mom paying money for him to house Jess? That's a good question. Because I feel like it's a big burden to feed, clothe, and shelter somebody, especially now that he has to get a bigger apartment to, like, accommodate him. Because mm-hmm. right now he's not paying additional rent for his office. Anyway, I digress. And then Rory comes in, and they mention that they need their gutters cleaned. And Luke's like, oh, have Jess do it. He needs the money. He'll do it for less than other people. And then it will keep him busy so he doesn't get into trouble. Lorelai's like, uh, well, yeah, I'll see about that. I've already asked a bunch of people. And outside, Rory's like, what are the people? Why can't Jess do it? Lorelai just makes up all kinds of names that she's checked with. And Rory's like, no, you're just not giving Jess a chance. I thought we were going to give Jess a chance. And Lorelai's like, why is this so important to you? Yeah. Rory doesn't really have an answer. I mean, it's clear, right? I liked this. It's like, clearly Rory likes Jess, but like, she can't reconcile what that means. Mm-hmm. She's like, I'm attracted to Jess. Jess is smart. He's into the same stuff I'm into. He's a bad boy. I like him, but I'm already in a relationship. Things are fine. I don't have like a reason to give in to these desires. Right. So she's got to like frame it as like, oh, no, we're like helping him. Patty drives by in a golf cart. She's teaching some sort of night speed walking class. <laughs> that was that was. Fun. And then she was like to the old woman driving, match me to her cigarette. That was funny. I love how like she's like this fitness slash dance instructor, but she's so unhealthy, like smoking constantly. So then we see Luke go upstairs and the music is blaring. Jess is asleep somehow. He turns off the music and then drops his TV and like can't find part of it. And he gets really mad and decides they're getting another apartment. And then Jess asks him to turn back on the music because he needs to sleep. Apparently Jess also takes a really long time to get ready in the morning. Yeah. That's like a big part of it. He said he was in the bathroom for like two hours. For his hair. I guess his hair is sort of like shapely. but He'd also be jerking off in there. Yeah. I mean, where else is he going to do it? I mean, Luke's not in the apartment a lot. Yeah, but like where would you go? The bathroom. Especially if, like, what if you put some Gorilla Glue in your hair? Like, you're going to spend some time in that bathroom trying to figure it out. Topical. At least now, today, on Vamin Times. When we say topical, we don't mean, like, it's a topical ointment you can add to your hair. Do not do that. (laughs) If you are not familiar with the Gorilla Glue hair situation, Google it. Don't just try it. Google it. So Luke's like, you know what? We're done. We're going apartment shopping tomorrow. You're waking up early. We're going. So the next day, Luke and Jess are looking at apartments. Jess does not give a shit where they are. He's like, whatever. I don't even want to be in this town. We can pick whatever one. Although he's like, I don't want that apartment because it's pink. Looks like we can paint it. And he's like, yeah, and then we can hold hands and skip afterwards. I'm like, all right, there's a lot of like toxic masculinity going on here, guys. We get it. You're afraid to show any sort of femininity to even each other. I guess that tracks for these two. Yeah, also the time period. But it's funny, it's just like, oh, paint, and then, oh, come on, we might as well kiss dad. <laughs> he calls him dad. And he's like, well, is that all I get? I won six Super Bowls. <laughs> kiss me on the mouth, Jess. Also topical. If you don't know about Tom Brady kissing his sons, Google it. It's weird. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm saying it's weird. It's the second kiss that's like, oh, okay. Yeah, there's, there's the second long kiss with the mouth wipe that... Clearly the boy is not into. If you if you do that, I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying it's weird. It's weird when the kid clearly doesn't want to do it. If you both want to kiss a little father and son, go for it. But anyway, um, that didn't happen in this episode, thank no, God. No, 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 Jess's head would have exploded. They just talk about skipping. But Jess is like, I gotta go do those gutters. You keep looking. I don't care where we go. At the house, Jess shows up. We find out that Lorelai has bought an alarm clock that can make animal sounds like pigs screeching, which is like, why would you want to wake up to that? This took up so much of the episode. Yeah, and it was also just like, no one wants to wake up to any barnyard animal. Maybe a rooster? Maybe? Nobody wants to wake up. Let's face it. Jess brought Rory a CD. He tells her her hair looks nice and different. She's all like, uh, what? I mean, does it look bad? What? 
She's smitten. Lorelai comes over, and everything's immediately awkward. Yeah, you can tell they're both trying to, like, talk to each other a little bit. I don't know. I think Jess, like, shuts down as soon as she comes over. He was being very, like, pleasant and talkative with Rory. Well, he sets up, and, like, later on, he's not good at talking to people. Well, yeah, but I don't know that he is trying. It's clear that Lorelai's trying, and it's, like... Through her gritted teeth almost. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She's like, I'm trying to be your friend right now, Jess. But Rory kind of takes Jess outside and like chastises him like, why don't you be nice to my mom? He's like, I took the soda. And again, he's also like, why is this so important to you? Why yeah. do you care if I like your mom? Which, unless they are going to date, I agree it doesn't matter that much. Like, I guess Luke and Lorelai are friends, which is the excuse Rory uses. I mean, Rory can't put into words why, because what she wants is just not acceptable yet. She wants wants to be with Jess. Yeah. So Rory goes back inside and Jess like smiles because he knows that Rory likes him since she wants this so badly. Yeah, clearly. And you were like, where's Dean in all of this? Cut to the saddest looking Dean we've ever seen. (laughs) Yeah. Dean's on a staircase, surrounded by books. Rory's at, like, this book fair, and she's taking a long time to look through the... She's been doing it for two hours. And she wants to do it for more hours, it seems. Yeah, and she comes over to Dean. He's like, can we go now? And she's like, but I want to look at more. He's like, let's go see Lord of the Rings. She's like, ah, fine, let's go. To be fair, he wanted to see Lord of the Rings again. Yeah. Which is... I don't know. Maybe not a movie you need to see twice. I don't know. Lord of the Rings was a movie people saw a lot of times. Yeah, but I'm maybe Team Rory here. You're Team Rory? You're Team, it's okay to look at books for several hours while your boyfriend sits moping on a staircase? No, but I'm on Team, maybe we go to a different movie this time. Sure. Or Team Jess. (laughs) (laughs) Then the cashier? The woman at the table is like... Gypsy. Oh, it's Gypsy. That's right. We met her a couple episodes ago, too. Mm-hmm. Did she come with Caesar? Are they together? Oh, that's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good question. Uh, they um, are, and it's great. Uh, <laughs> I don't know that that's ever been a fan theory, but perhaps. I, I don't think... No. I, I don't know that Gypsy is a sexual being. Okay. But we'll Did see. Did she I put a so. curse on a vampire? That's what I want to know. Maybe. Because she's probably in this town because she's making sure through tradition that someone stays cursed. They got to be careful. It's just her name. I don't know that that's her race. I don't know that I've ever seen Dozy outside during the day. Taylor Dozy's literally outside in this episode. Yeah, we don't know. He's sparkling. No, he's outside with the dead body chalk line. Oh, yeah. Hmm, maybe um he did it. The crossing guard situation. Okay. We don't know that he didn't have on like a ton of sunblock. I think he's a vampire. Okay, great. That's why he's never quite happy. Anyway, when Rory's checking out, Gypsy's like, oh, did you check out our astronomy section? And Rory's like, oh, uh, no, I, I I, don't need to. And then Dean's like, yeah, of course you want to. Go check that out for a while, and then we'll go see my movie. Pointing out that Dean's not a garbage person. He's willing to compromise. He wants her to be happy, even if it bores him. But he does notice that her bracelet's missing. Then he, like, has this freak out that I'm like, you need to calm down, dude. He's like, where's your bracelet? Why aren't you wearing it? What's happening right now? Your last name should be of Dean. Did you know that she's in Handmaid's Tale? No. Yeah. Her name is of, of Glenn. Of Glenn. Are you Team Glenn or Team Dean? Or I team... don't think we're Team Any Man in Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Yeah, I agree. It's it's weird that he's like, you have to wear your bracelet at all times. I own you. Yeah. But also, she's like lies and said she took it off because she had a rash. I think that was a dumb move. Yeah. You don't know where it is, Rory. Why would you lie and say that it's home if it's like fell off in the swimming pool? Mm-hmm. You might not have it anymore. Yeah. Just be honest that you don't know where it is. It's not like it cost him a lot. I don't think. It's like a medallion on a piece of leather. Yeah, and you could be apologetic too. You could be like, I don't know where it is. I'm really sorry. I'm going to find it. I understand him asking, like, hey, what happened to the bracelet? Like, why aren't you wearing it? But, like, he's just, like, upset, like, really freaking out that she doesn't have it on. Like, it's their wedding ring or something. Yeah. But even a wedding ring, if you're like, yeah, I took it off because I was getting my nails done. I don't know why that would happen, but. If the nail technician was, like, real sexy. Right, and you would take it off because you want to cheat. I get it. Back at the house, Lorelai is taking out a bunch of Chinese food. She realizes she's got a lot. She has the idea to ask Jess if he wants to eat. He's like, nah. But then he clearly has this look of, like, ugh. I like Rory. I got to try to make things right with her mom. And he comes down and they start eating and he admits he's not good at this whole small talk thing. But clearly he's trying and she's trying. It's going okay. Yeah. Until Rory comes home crying about Dean's bracelet. Yeah. She's looking all over the house. I'm confused now about the timeline once again. Where is Dean right now? Yeah, what did Rory tell Dean? Because they had like this whole day planned out. So she like, I got to go home quick and change first. Yeah. Because then she goes on to spend the rest of the day looking for the bracelet. And we never see Dean again. So I 
I assume they canceled their plans. Yeah, my only thought is that, like, Dean is still sitting on a stoop somewhere thinking that she's looking at the astronomy section, and really she just ran home and is looking for the medallion. Yeah, but, of course, Jess hears all this, and he knows where the bracelet is. It's in his pants. Yeah, does he have it on him at all times? I mean, it's possible he goes home and gets it, but he does have it on his person at some point on this day. Yeah, the whole idea that he stole it was weird, honestly. Like, why? To get at Dean? Yeah, I mean, did he even know it was from Dean? Yeah, that's a good question. Like, he definitely knows it's Rory's. Maybe he doesn't know that it's Dean's. If you don't remember, she dropped it when they were having their picnic a few episodes ago. And he picked it up and kept it. Yeah, I guess he probably thought it was just, like, something of hers. Which is, it's a little creepy, honestly. It could be, like, a gift from her dead grandparent or something. Yeah, it's not like a sock or something. Even then, that's also creepy. That's gross. It's not like some dirty panties, which I understand why he needs those. Lorelai goes to the inn to look for it. So she's at work looking for this medallion. Below the desk. Below the desk. It's weird. It's like, is she doing something with Michelle right now? And then we learn she's not when he says, are you going to be down there long? <laughs> like, okay, he's not into whatever she's doing down there. Right. And he's upset because she didn't trust that he looked, I guess. His big thing to be upset about this episode. Yeah. She can't find it. Then she gets a desperate call from Luke, who is very upset about how much things cost and, like, not being able to pick an apartment. So he needs her to come look. So it's like, okay, so now he's turning the tables and is like, I'm asking for an unreasonable request. You pointed out he sounds like Jerry Seinfeld. He's just doing, like, a tight five on apartments. Yeah, he's like, what's the deal with the deposits for dogs? (laughs) It's very Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah, it's, it is one of those things, though, where he's like, I need you to leave your job and come help me immediately, which is like, oh, that's the kind of thing she asks of you all the time. Yeah, so. it was a lot to ask, but I'm like, no, she owes you probably. Yeah, so I, I like to see that he's also demanding of her, I guess. The realtor mistakes her for his wife, and she's like, let's play into it. The realtor kind of leaves him alone, and Luke's like, why do I need to do this? Jess is going to be leaving in like a year. I'll just deal until then. And then she's like, well, because you shouldn't have to be single forever. You know, there's more people out there besides Rachel. (coughs) Me, even though I turned you down a little bit. (coughs) It's me. Yeah, you can't have a relationship in a twin bed. You think that's what's been holding her back is the size of his bed? No. But yeah, it's a big thing. You can't have a relationship if a girl comes home and she sees you got a twin bed. Again, this is a lot that she's uh, giving her opinion on, but she is Right. Yeah. Part of me is like, yeah, Jess is going to be leaving soon. This does seem like a big Mm -hmm. commitment when Mm -hmm. you're only going to have to live with this man another year, but it seems like Luke's going to get the place. He starts signing the paperwork. Lorelai's very pleased with herself. She goes home only to see Jess walking out of Rory's room. When I mentioned him walking into Rory's room a couple episodes ago, everyone's like, that's not a big deal. What's wrong about that? But now it's creepy. Rory wasn't in the room this time. Last time she was like, hi, welcome to my house. Yeah, I agree. Lorelai's like, what were you doing in there? And he's like, I was just seeing if Rory had this book. It is weird that he's in her room when no one's home. It's That's suspicious. super weird. Lorelai for sure should have been like, mm-hmm. Um, But he's like, it's no big deal, whatever. He goes back to finishing the gutters. Rory comes home and starts talking to Jess. And he's like, that thing you're looking for is probably in your room. You just should check there harder. And so she does and she finds it. And she's so excited. She can't believe she missed it. She must have just been too panicked before, she says. And she runs off to go see the very end of Lord of the Rings, I guess. <laughs> Maybe. But then Lorelai, she figures this out. She goes outside. She's like, Jess, did you put it in the room? I'm pretty sure you did. He's like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Implying that he stole it in the first place. Yeah. She's like, you didn't hurt Dean by doing this. You hurt Rory. She's been looking for it all day. He's like, I didn't do it. I mean, whatever. And maybe she's not so crazy about him if she didn't even know it was gone for two weeks, which sort of incriminates him. Yes. But Uh, Lorelai also is like, oh, shoot, you're right. That is bad (laughs) that she didn't notice it was gone for two weeks. Yeah. But also, how would you know it was gone for two weeks? I get why Jess felt he needed to say the two weeks thing to sort of like make her stop yelling at him. (laughs) But yeah, he should have just been like, you know what? I found it outside. He should have just done that in the first place. He should have been like, oh, look, I found this in the yard. Here, Rory. Because then he doesn't incriminate himself having had it. Yeah. Hero for everybody. And it would have been easy, too. He could be, Is this what you guys are talking about? Throw it by where the cars are. But instead, now he looks bad to Lorelai because it looks like he stole it. But Rory also looks bad to Lorelai because maybe she's in love with Jess. It's complicated. Noticing the Dean bracelet's missing. The drama is ramping up. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, at Dosie's market, Luke is buying some stuff and Dosie comes over. God, I hate Dosie. I really do. He's just too cheerful. Is he? He's so nasty. He's mean and cheerful at the same time, which is the worst combo. 
He comes over to Luke. He's like, oh, I just got your application. I just need you to fill out a couple things. Of course, Luke just freaks. Goes to 11 immediately. He's like, what application? What are you talking about? And Dosi's like, yeah, I bought the uh, apartment. And I'm like trying to buy all the apartment. He's like Lex Luthor. He's just like, I'm going to own Stars Hollow. <laughs> this was funny. He's like, you can't tell people what color to paint their houses. And he's like, well, someone has to. <laughs> it's very like villain. Villain-esque. Villain-esque, is that a word? Doesn't he call him fascist? And Taylor kind of yeah. rebels in that? He's like, well, you know, the fascists did some bad things, but, you know, they got a lot done. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. But he is also trying to buy the shop next to Luke's diner. Yeah, to turn it into a ceramic plate store. Yeah, like a decorative what? plate store. I mean, this is the kind of town where that would be a thing, I feel, like a tourist shop. You worked at a place once. I did work at a place once. Yep, that's it. You were at a place once that was sort of like that, and it was just like, how does this? How is this sustainable? Like, how many people come in and buy like knickknacks? I mean, I think the knickknacks were things that some people do like, but also it was an interior design company yeah. with a storefront, so they made money from the interior design, right? Yeah. But I have seen these types of places where it's just like ceramic plates or like spoons. It's just like how so many people need to buy this stuff. Like otherwise, it's just sitting on the shelf. It's not like in demand items. Well, it's marked up like fifty percent. Yeah. But Taylor Dosey wants Luke to change some stuff about his business, like the fact that it says hardware on it. Luke, you're keeping this town from being one of the greatest towns in America. And he's afraid that all those people that stop at that stoplight will spend too much brain power trying to understand that this diner is not a hardware store, so they won't have time to buy fancy china plates. Luke freaks out. He shows up at Lorelai's house all mad. This is all her fault. Because he spent $100,000 buying the property right next to his. Yeah. So that... Taylor Dosey can't have it. And Lorelai's like, it's cool. You can maybe get out of it. Or, you know, you got options. You could expand the diner. And then it's starting to sound like okay to Luke that he made this purchase. But then Lorelai brings up Jess and she's like, huh, what do you think about Jess and Rory? I feel like they're spending a lot of time together. And Luke's like, oh, that's great. She'd be a great influence on him. He like kind of hadn't noticed, it seemed like. Yeah. But he's like, yeah, if something were to happen between them, that'd be great. Lorelai's like, uh, yeah, mm, right. I agree. But she doesn't. Mm -mm. Which, I mean, I get. Like, if she's like, my kid's an A and your kid's a D, like, yeah, it'll make him a C, but it's going to make my girl a B. A bitch. Yeah, I don't know that that made sense, but you guys understand what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. But all this gets Luke just jacked. He goes home. Jess is blaring music again. Luke grabs a sledgehammer. At first, I thought he was going to break the stereo, but he wasn't. He broke the wall down. He just slams through the wall because he owns the property next door. And he's like, that's your room, Jess. You go ahead and finish. We can hug and kiss afterwards. It's hold hands and skip. Well, that's just what I was thinking, what I want to do after I make a place. He's like, yeah, you can. we can hold hands and skip afterwards. I thought that was a funny ending. I liked that. Uh-huh. Just Jess staring at the hole in the wall. Yeah. So that was it. It was the whole episode. Yeah. A lot of drama, a lot of seeds of potential issues in the future. What do you think about this episode, Stacey? Do you think it's a good one? Um, it wasn't bad. It wasn't, it, I don't know. It wasn't bad. It wasn't particularly funny. Some stuff right. was fine. It was just kind of like one little story about Jess cleaning gutters and stealing Rory's bracelet. Mm -hmm. It's a very Luke-centered episode. Yeah. It was fine. I like the drama we're having right now of Lorelai kind of not liking Jess, but like not really knowing how to deal with that because yeah. Rory does and she wants to respect Rory and they've always been pretty much vibing in the same way about everything. Mm -hmm. And Dean was this perfect boyfriend where she just like gave him a stern talking to at the beginning and everything's fine. But she can't really do that with Jess, it seems. Right. And like Dean's kind of dumb and you're sort of like, he wants ABC, but Jess is complicated and like probably is more likely to break her heart than Dean. I also like that Rory is like not quite sure about her own feelings. This is all good because this is like real feelings that people have, you know, like complicated emotional stuff you don't want to deal with. Right. It's not so like cookie cutter. Here's the villain. Here's the good. You did the right thing. You did the wrong thing. Like it's, it's all gray, you know? Yeah. Rory's not really doing anything wrong. I mean, she is sort of hiding this from Dean, I guess. Yeah, and she who knows what she did to Dean in this episode. If he's still waiting in that stoop, if he's like waiting at the movie theater for her, I don't know. And she did lie about the bracelet for yeah. no reason. That's the kind of lie though that like she wasn't lying. She was lying to save his feelings, I think, not to like get out of trouble. Like I get why she would lie if uh if she like knew that Jess had it. Mm -hmm. But she might have just dropped it somewhere. Yeah. No Emily and Richard, no Paris, no school, just a just a very simple story. Mm -hmm. Which is nice. All right, let's uh Let's move on. And now for a special segment we like to call Meanwhile Uncharted. 
Charmed was another popular WB show airing around the same time that neither of us have seen. But we're going to discuss it anyway. Based only on its IMDb summaries. Brian, what happened on Charmed? Meanwhile, on Charmed Season 2, Episode 15, Give Me a Sign. Prue cannot resist the attraction she feels for her kidnapper, Antonio Sabato Jr., when she is abducted by a former flame who is fleeing a powerful demon. I'm a little confused. Just the writing of this suggests that the former flame is not her kidnapper. Because if it were the same person, it would say Prue cannot resist the attraction she feels for her kidnapper when she's abducted by the former flame. But when you say a former flame, that suggests it could be one of many. Okay, so I'm assuming this opens on Prue kidnapped. She's yeah. she's a kidnapped woman. Yes. Antonio Sabato Jr. has her kidnapped. Mm-hmm. So she's already kidnapped, and then someone comes and abducts her? That's what it seems like. Because she's falling in love with her kidnapper. And her former flame gets jealous, so he's like, well, I better kidnap her better. Yeah, I mean, it's just what every woman dreams. Her former flame is also fleeing from a powerful demon. I think at the last scene of this episode is going to be her former flame, Antonio Sabato Jr., and this demon all wanting her. And it's kind of nice. I mean, I feel like Piper gets a lot of the attention romantically. Mm -hmm. And Prue hasn't ever since she became a cartoon. Right, yeah. People think there's a little something off about her, even though they can't quite tell what it is. Right, it's because she's two-dimensional, but... Mm -hmm. To have three dudes after a two-dimensional woman is like... One too many Ds. Yeah. Double entendre. Um, But I think in the end, she just decides to be with the demon. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he's powerful, man. Yeah. They have like a, a, a wrestling match. They all duke it out and, and he wins and that's that's all it takes to impress a woman is strength. Well, a cartoon woman. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. I mean, it's pretty simple by the numbers episode, guys. That's just what happens. Mm-hmm. We're getting pretty good at this. Yeah. All right. This has been Meanwhile, Meanwhile on Charmed. And now we're going to move on to Buffy. Stacy, can you tell us what happened in the episode Phases? So in this episode, we are introduced to werewolves. One of the classics. And some of these werewolves hit a little close to home. And Joss Whedon teaches us that men are predatory and aggressive. That's part of the episode and maybe real life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is something that's going on in the world, but it's also a very big uh, theme in this episode, for real. Mm-hmm. But the episode opens with Oz looking at the cheerleading trophy where that witch lady's mom is trapped. He's like, its eyes are so creepy. They watch you when you move. Is she trapped in there? I can't really remember. Yeah. That's dark. Hope she gets out. And then Larry's back. Remember Larry? He got turned into a pirate in the Halloween episode and was a real creep to Buffy. He's still being kind of a creep to Buffy. And to every woman. It's like a bit much. Yeah, he comes in. He's like, hey, everyone in the hallway, how far are you getting with your girlfriends? Give me all the details. I'm not gay. He like knocks the books out of a woman's hand and just like stares at her ass. He's like, oh yeah, give me some of that. I'm like, you would be in trouble for this. Like, you can't just do this so openly. Oz is like, wow, you've really mastered the single entendre. Yeah, it was pretty funny. And he's like, hey, how far are you getting with Willow? She's a junior, which means she's probably super DTF. Cut to Willow talking all about how Oz hasn't even kissed her yet, and she's just been throwing herself at him. And she's pretty sad about this. She wants smooches. Speaking of smooches, Xander and Cordelia are still going at it. They're in Cordelia's car up on a little romantic lookout. Are they dating now? I mean, I don't think they're openly dating, no. I think they're just... This feels like a step beyond just, like, sneaking into a closet at school, though. Like, they made a plan to meet somewhere. To make out. Yeah. But Xander, between kisses, is, like, super jealous of Willow and Oz. He's like, I don't understand. And, like, he's a senior. Him being a senior is, like, such a big deal. I feel like that's not that weird. It's not like he's, like, the quarterback. Or their freshman. Right. They're one grade apart. Yeah. I just feel like that's not that weird. Yeah, but why does he care about this? He's in Cordelia's daddy's car. Yeah. He keeps saying daddy. <laughs> they say daddy at least 10 times in this episode. Different contexts, but maybe five of them are in the scene where Cordelia's talking about her daddy, who doesn't know she takes his car up to this makeout point, and that she's not a good girl anymore. This is the second reference to the fact that she's maybe not a virgin. <laughs> Which Xander is fine with. But yeah, he's definitely distracted by how jealous he is of Willow having a boyfriend, which is like, Xander, you can't have it all you have like the hottest girl in school just be happy with that i feel like xander is treating willow as lorelei treats luke mm-hmm. like i really like that you're into me and mm-hmm. i don't necessarily want to be with you yet mm-hmm. but i want that to be an option so why would you date someone else that's not fair to me exactly <sighs> 
And I feel like this is not an uncommon feeling people have. Yeah, it's it's fair. If we're being realistic about Xander's character, it's not uncommon for someone to have these confusing feelings of jealousy for someone that maybe you don't necessarily want to be with. Or maybe part of you did, or you're not sure. or And they're maybe not good, fair, justified emotions, but we have them. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it's kind of sloppily put in the episode where he's telling instead of showing, you know? It's just like... It is also weird. I feel like you're right. It's totally fair for him to have these feelings, but it's weird for him to be talking to the woman he's with yes. about it. Yes, He can talk to another guy about it or, you know, someone that isn't part of the love triangle. Yeah. But it's weird to, like, be complaining to the woman you're making out with that you missed this other girl. Yes, totally. Anyway... There's a hairy thing lurking, and it busts through the top of Daddy's car. It's Xander's boner. It's just so big. He's thinking of Willow. He's thinking of Cordelia. He's thinking of Buffy later in this episode. But they drive away, and it falls off. It's a werewolf. (laughs) Xander somehow knows it's a werewolf. The next day at school, he's like, it was a werewolf. But how? It wasn't a full moon. The full moon is tonight. Last night wasn't the full moon. And Giles is so pumped that there might be werewolves. He's like, hmm. Something new to read about. I haven't had something new in minutes. Yeah, he's super pumped. I thought that was very funny. Uh-huh. I don't blame Xander for like thinking it's a werewolf. I mean, like if a wolf attacks you on what he thought was a full moon, because Cordelia did mention it was a full moon, mm. even though it wasn't technically. So then we're in co-ed gym class. Brian tells me this is a thing. My school did not have co-ed gym class. Mine didn't have let's touch each other co-ed gym class. Yeah. Definitely not. We did have like a dancing unit where we learned how to like swing dance and like mm-hmm. line dance where we did have it with the boys. But like regular sports, it was separate. It was like at the same time, but like maybe one of us was outside while the boys were in the gym. But you you had gym class. You played basketball with girls. Yeah. Interesting. Let us know how your schools did it. I don't know how much of this you talk on the podcast, but specifically with basketball, I am bad at it and I never wanted to play it. I'm good at other sports. But I am not good at basketball. So me and these three girls would just sit out gym and give each other back rubs and take the D for the day um, because we didn't. um, They took your D for the day? (laughs) Listen, I loved it. Okay. (laughs) It was awesome. No, we would do, uh, I forget what, we had to do something so we wouldn't get an F for the day, but we get a D for the day uh, because we didn't actually participate in the basketball. But I wasn't good at it, and the guys didn't want me on their team, so whatever. I'll just take this back, we'll just give each other a bunch of back rubs. It was great. I totally believe that you're not good at basketball. I don't believe that you're the worst boy at basketball. I also just didn't enjoy it. Maybe there were other boys who were bad at it, but played. I don't remember. But this gym class is very co-ed, and the topic of the day is self-defense, which, again, I don't buy as a co-ed subject. I do buy as a subject that Sunnydale needs to teach. Yes, 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 yes. (laughs) But they're not going to be like, hey, girls, this is how you defend against a guy while simultaneously showing the guys what to look for. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, why would they teach the guys our secret moves? Well, I mean, I think it wasn't supposed to be, this is how women defend against guys. I think this is how all of us defend each other about against any attacker. I guess so. But then, so Buffy's in a group with Larry and Teresa, who is a girl that will die later because she has a name. I'm not really sure why Teresa's part of it because really just the activity is for Buffy and Larry. Willow's all like, Buffy, don't show everyone how strong you are. You're supposed to be a wimpy lady like the rest of us. But they put Larry right behind Buffy, like Dickie but it's it's not appropriate <laughs> it's just i feel like this is not a, an activity they would encourage the high school horny children to partake in especially larry who then grabs buffy by the butt just all of her butt in his big hand C- can we just take a break for a second here besides all of the moral implications of this besides the fact that buffy's about to like throw him on the ground Dude was to be suspended for doing this immediately. Yeah. I think he makes a comment, too. Like, you're making me so hard right now, Summer. Says something like that. Like, everybody heard it. Definitely somebody saw it. Dude should be suspended immediately. But uh, Bobby just throws him over her head, and everyone's like, whoa. Totally justified. Yeah. Giles has been reading about werewolves. Just having such a ball. He's so amped about this. He's, uh, he's over the moon. There's some joke about moon pies and giggles. I love that. I like that he finally laughs at one of Xander's jokes. (laughs) (laughs) He like really enjoys Xander's joke a lot. What even is a moon pie? I think it's like a little candy. Okay, yeah. I don't even know if Giles knows. He just liked it. But we learned that werewolves do come out for three consecutive nights, the night of the full moon and the night on either side of that. That means we got two more nights of werewolves to deal with. So Xander's like, well, okay, I guess we can get some silver bullets. And everyone's like, no, 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 no. 
They're people. They're human beings most of the time. We can't just be shooting them. And Giles mentions that the werewolf may very well not know that they're a werewolf. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But during gym class, Larry, the big, big, mean Larry, has mentioned that he got bit by a dog. So that means the show wants us to think he's the werewolf. I think the show does do a good job with Seth Green right here. Yes. Because Seth Green says, I hear you, man. My nephew bit me on the finger the other day. It's still healing, which is like a very small throwaway line that definitely seems like he's just being sarcastic, which he is. But is also like, no, that's actual evidence. That's the normal size, correct color herring. <laughs> the show is trying to make it very clear to us that we should think that Larry is the werewolf. Mm -hmm. But it is an interesting thing that Oz says here. You're right. Well, I just thought that was a, a good way of the show to give us the information without it seeming like obvious. Yeah, it was just like a joke that he threw away. Whereas Larry's stuff is just like very obvious. You're saying it's too blatant. It seems fake because we know how the show works. Yeah, it's a misdirect. So the gang goes hunting in the woods where Xander and Cordelia were making out last night. Giles is like, Bobby, did you see anything? And Buffy's like, oh my god, yeah, this girl was making out with this guy. But she goes with Tim. And he's like, no, I mean, like, werewolf stuff. This is one of those examples of writing that feels like someone that's 20 years older than these children wrote the dialogue. Because I don't think that goes with was something that we'd said about dating someone. Right. That feels like a thing our parents said. When I was that age, you said you were going out with someone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what's interesting is I, sometimes my own language makes me feel old. I was doing stand-up, and I did this bit about eating somebody out. What? Who? It's just some girl I met a couple days ago. And um, <laughs> No, I did a, a stand-up bit saying the words eating out. And the whole crowd was like, what? And this is a crowd that was all about dirty jokes from every comic that had come on. But apparently the terminology eating out is just not in vogue anymore. What no one we, says that. What do we say now? Having Jokes. a snack? Having a, Well, having a snack, I think, is hooking up with a hot dude. Well, someone being a snack is them being a hot person. Okay, that's true. But I guess maybe having a snack is having a hot person. I guess just going down. That's just what people say. Not eating it. Just going down. Okay. Um, so I don't say eating out anymore. Or do it. <laughs> I still do it, guys. If you hear some noises, our superintendent is throwing trash around for some reason. So Yeah, I think he's getting rid of it, but he does it in the noisiest way possible. We can't help it. He loves doing it all day long. But then Buffy gets trapped in a net. Who set this trap? And then we meet... Mr. Misogynist. Yes, he's a big, mean man with a gun, hates women, and loves guns. He just set up, like, a weird trap in the middle of, like, make-out point. Anyone could walk into that. Yeah. Uh, his name is Kane, and we find out that he hunts werewolves for money. He's looking to get his 12th werewolf. He sells them to, like, Asia or something. He's got a bunch of teeth around his neck and a necklace. And then he's, like, all attaboying Giles for, like, Bone and Buffy in the woods. I know there's a lot of people shipping Giles and Buffy. And I, I understand why some people might think Biles is a good ship, but no. Yeah, he's like, way to get the fruit when it's fresh. Ugh. It's weird to have those opinions, okay? <laughs> but it's weird to also, like, openly say that in front of the woman, too. Yeah. I'm assuming this is Larry's dad. I don't know. <laughs> but just this is Joss Whedon reinforcing that men are creeps. Yeah. But apparently werewolves are voyeurs because we learn that they like to go where teens are doing sexy things. Yeah, I mean, I guess the justification is that they're just like pure id. So maybe they do. The creepier part is that like maybe they have sexual urges. I mean, does that imply that the person that is the werewolf is like a creep about that kind of stuff? No, no, no. Because they, they set up that the werewolf's just id. So it doesn't mean that the person is a creep. It just means like, you know, whatever their lizard part of their brain wants. Okay. It wants sex and food. And that's it. And sleep. Sure. It's kind of like the hyena, which we'll talk about more. Yeah, we will. And then there's just this random girl on the street who I guess is the girl from gym class, but her name's Teresa, and she's just walking home by herself at night, kind of scared. But then she bumps into Angel. He's holding on to a little baby flower. Yeah, he just like has it up in front of his face to make himself seem not intimidating. Yeah, I guess. A big, tall, scary, older man in the darkness would scare me, I guess, unless he was holding a flower. Then you know he's safe. But he sort of disarms himself by saying he knows Buffy. I don't know how he knew that she knew Buffy. I guess maybe because he lurks. He knows everyone who goes to the school. Maybe she smells like Buffy. I guess he goes to the school sometime. Whatever. He knows that this girl goes to school with Buffy. He's like, I'll walk you home. And we're like, no, you won't, Angel. 
Meanwhile, at the bronze, Willow and Cordelia are bonding over how shitty Xander's being. Again, a little weird, but I, I guess if it's affecting them both, who else are they going to talk to about it? It seems like Willow wouldn't have a relationship with Cordelia. Yeah, it seems like she would be mad at her for all this. Yeah. Because Cordelia maybe knew that she was into Xander. Yeah, Willow, like, didn't like Cordelia before this. Well, they did spend, like, a day in that closet together. That's true. They're talking, they're talking. Werewolf! Right in front of them. They scream, they scream. It's running all over the bronze. The bouncer shooing everyone out, but then just like invites Buffy in. I know. It's like, there's a monster in there. Oh, you want to go inside? Go right ahead. No problem. Okay, I'm going to shut the door, lock you in. Buffy doesn't really know what to do. She sort of just throws a chain at it. Like she's going to lock it up, but she just kind of throws it at him. This doesn't work. The werewolf runs away. Runs right through that glass window that is constantly being shattered in the show. The gunman shows up, Kane. Giles, all those people have caught up. Bouncer lets them in, I guess. And he calls Giles daddy, another daddy. And there's a waitress there just kind of casually sweeping up the glass like, oh man, just another day working at the bronze. Whew, not scared of the werewolf at all. Right. The scene with Kane is absurd. No one cares that a man with a gun is there. Like, just a big old rifle. No one's got a problem with that. Maybe it makes people feel safe in town at this point. Dude looks like he's a problem starter. And he's just in there with a gun, being the biggest misogynist you could ever imagine. Then, in an alley, we see our friend Teresa has perished, as we knew she might. With a vampire bite. That was a rhyme. Angel has killed her. And the werewolf comes and has like a stare off with Angel. Yeah, they just look at each other for a minute. And then they leave. The important part is we know that Angel's the one that killed the lady and it wasn't Oz. Who? Oz. You mean the werewolf. Then Buffy meets up with Giles. He's asleep in his very old car. This guy works two jobs. Couldn't he afford a car that's not from the 1950s? Right. He spends all his money on books. (laughs) But him and Buffy hear on the radio that a Sunnydale High girl is dead. And Buffy feels super guilty because she should have killed the werewolf. She let him get away. And now a girl is dead. And the funny thing is, she should feel guilty because she let Angel get away. Yeah, this woman is dead because she didn't kill Angel. I feel like that a lot of people that discuss this, like, kind of gloss over the fact that, like, this is Buffy's fault. Mm -hmm. She could have killed Angel in the Judge episode, and she didn't. I understand that it's hard. I'm not going to pretend it isn't. But, like, a woman's dead because you couldn't bring yourself to do it. I mean, it's kind of the same reason we don't want to kill the werewolf. Like, she thinks that Angel is still in there somewhere, and she's hoping she can figure out a way to get him back. Right, but it's not like when Angel and her... Her fought last, she handcuffed Angel and put him in a cage and was like, we're going to figure this out. Yeah, you're right. She just went home and had popcorn with her mom. Yeah, she just went home and was like, what's the worst that could happen? It's messed up because this is what Kendra warned her about. Mm-hmm. Kendra specifically was like, you're worried about your boyfriend. He clouds your judgment. And he does. And Kendra warned that people could get hurt and they did. I've said this from the beginning. Mm-hmm. We can't trust Angel. But then, morning time, werewolf skin melts away, revealing that the werewolf is Oz. Ah! Oh, no. I didn't see it coming. I mean, we discussed the little clue, but I didn't see it coming. Yeah, we would have expected to see Larry. He calls his aunt to be like, hey, uh, is my cousin a werewolf? Oh, cool, cool. How long's that been a thing? That was also funny. Yeah. I mean, we didn't hear her, but it seemed like she wasn't super worried about it. Yeah. The next day at the library, Buffy's all like, man, I should have killed that werewolf when I had the chance. Maybe that is the answer, which makes Oz uncomfortable for obvious reasons. Willow asks if he wants to, like, help her figure all this werewolf stuff out tonight. Tonight, the night of the full moon. Part three. And he's like, no, I can't. I'm busy tonight. This makes Willow sad because this whole episode, she just wants to make out with Oz and this werewolf stuff's really getting in the way of that. Yeah. And Xander's like, I can help figure this out because I remember all my hyena stuff. And Buffy's like, you remember when you pounced on me and tried to have sex with me in the classroom? <laughs> did we know at the end of the hyena episode that he did remember? Yes. Okay. Because he says to, he says he doesn't remember any of it. And then Giles is like, you know, in all my research, I don't uh, remember yeah. seeing anything about people not remembering. And he's like, please don't tell anyone. And mm-hmm. he's like, I won't. Secret safe with me until I die. Or until you out yourself. Yeah. But Xander doesn't really have any hyena powers, but he puts together that it seems likely that it's Larry because of, you know, everything he's said and done and the bite. So he confronts him in the locker room and he's like, hey, I get what you're going through. I've been there. And Larry's like, oh my God, you're gay. I'm gay. We're both gay. Thank you so much for helping me tell you I'm gay. This is classic late 90s masculinity where Xander's like, oh, oh. 
I can't, me gay? I can't even pretend. Ugh, don't tell anyone. You're right. I honestly thought that it would be worse, though. I thought Xander would be, like, very, very uncomfortable. Right. I, I think part of it is, like, he doesn't want Larry to tell people that he's gay and not that he's super uncomfortable with Larry being gay and, like, right. trying to sleep with him or something. I agree with you on that. And I do think this is, as much as I was just complaining about it, I think this is an honest portrayal of, like, somebody at that time being like, uh, if people think I'm gay, it's going to be weird for my reputation. It's yeah. just how it was then. Not that that makes it right, but, like, if we're just being honest about how someone would react. I knew Larry was going to be gay as soon as this scene started. Yeah? Yeah, because it seemed like it was one of those classic miscommunication, we're talking about two different things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I was like, what else could it be? But also in the Halloween episode, I was like, is Larry being a creep because he's a pirate or because he's Larry? And you were like, it's because he's a pirate. I was like, okay, so something's up with Larry in the future. Buffy tells Willow, like, maybe you should just make the first move with Oz. And Xander tells Buffy, Larry's not the werewolf and I'm not gay, okay? Then they realize that the radio never said anything about the body being mauled. So they go check out the body because they just let these kids into the morgue, I guess. Yeah, I mean, Buffy's probably a regular there. Yeah, she's got like a VIP pass. They look at Teresa's neck. Turns out she was bitten by a vampire. And she comes to life. Well, to death. She's a vampire. Yeah. And she says, Angel sent his love. And Buffy's just stunned. She can't even fight her. But Xander kills her. Good for him. And then they have a moment where she holds Xander and it's like intimate, like we just dance on the dance floor dirty season two, episode one kind of. Almost like they're going to kiss for a second. And then she leaves and he's like, oh, my life isn't complicated. No. Xander, you can't have every single woman. I get it though, man. <laughs> like I would want to be with Sarah Michelle Gellar as well and Charisma Carpenter and Allison Hannigan. This is, it's a lot of very pretty women to like juggle. Well, he could be with Allison Hannigan. Yeah, that's true. You're absolutely right. He had every opportunity. Uh, he never had an opportunity with Buffy. I guess I get it because he's been in love with Buffy since season one. I do want to point out that Buffy, like, freezing with this woman mentioning Angel is, again, reinforcing this idea that she doesn't think clearly when it comes to Angel. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This is all important for stuff we'll discuss in later episodes, but I think that this is not just random. I think it's all important. Okay. Oz is at home getting ready to shackle himself down for the night. Where did he get shackles? I know. What? These are old looking manacles too. These don't look new at all. They're like old, rusty, like maybe Drusilla used to use these. He takes them out of a box, but it's not like he just got them from Amazon that day. It looks like an old box that he had in the garage. Maybe he borrowed them from his cousin. I don't know. (laughs) Also, where are his parents? None of these kids have parents. What is he locking himself to, by the way? He hadn't gotten that far, but Willow shows up and he's like, you got to get out of here. And she's like, no, we need to talk about our intimacy problems. And then he changes. And Willow runs, and he chases her, and can't catch her. She's so fast. Yeah, this makes no sense. He's a freaking werewolf. I said freaking. I don't want to be too... Yeah. He's a fucking werewolf, <laughs> and he can't catch her in her overalls? I'm sorry. She should be dead, like, ten feet after she started running. But Kane, who's just made a bunch of bullets, hears him howl, so he's in pursuit. Buffy, meanwhile, is with Giles. They got their tranquilizer gun ready. And Willow somehow manages to run to the school, tell them, and then run back with them to the woods before Kane can kill the werewolf. But also, when the werewolf is chasing Willow for forever and not catching her, at some point he smells something and goes after that smell. We find out a little bit later that it's a bunch of, like, steaks that Mr. Misogyny Kane put out. Oh, I blocked that part out. Good catch. And we mean steaks the meat. It's not like a bunch of vampire steaks, which would also be, I understand why you might be confused. Giles has the gun. He just can't bring himself to shoot Oz, I guess. Or like Oz has Buffy in his arms and Buffy's sort of in front of all his vital organs. So I guess he's worried about shooting Buffy. But then Willow grabs the gun and she shoots Oz the werewolf. Who immediately passes out from this stuff. And then Buffy's like, I'm going to show this Kane guy. And she bends his gun and tells him to leave town. And I guess that shows him. I feel like this Kane guy was such an asshole. He needed a bit more comeuppance than yeah. just his gun getting bent. Like the werewolf killing him. Yeah, maybe. Like, I don't think. I or don't know Angel he... killing him or somebody killing him. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think like Buffy should kill him. This whole episode's about like how we shouldn't kill someone just because mm-hmm. they're a monster. Right. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know if he deserves to die. Right. But I feel like maybe something worse should have happened to I him. Mean, I mean, he sort of does deserve to die, right? He's killed 12 people. Yeah. Yeah. But also, Angel killing him is maybe not the right thing either, since Angel's bad right now. We don't want Angel to be a hero. What about Drusilla? Because then it's like a woman, and he's all like, women ain't nothing. Oh, that's fun. And then she's like, I used to make apple pies. With my mother before she flew away like a bird. And then he's going to be like, oh, women talk about the craziest thing. And then he dies. Yeah, that's great. Better ending. Back at school, Buffy's wearing her sexiest outfit yet. She's got like a slit all the way up the top. Her boobs are out. 
Xander's not going to handle this well, Buffy. (laughs) (laughs) I think I wasn't aware of my sexuality until I was in my 20s. So maybe she's just not yet. I don't I don't know that we understood what boys were going through when we were that age. I totally understand that like women shouldn't have to dress a certain way when they go to school. Like you shouldn't have to dress. But the, what she's wearing, I'm like, is any school okay with that? Yeah, I mean, I went to a private school, so mine was definitely not, but I feel like even public schools had dress codes that wouldn't allow this. I feel like Buffy's mom wouldn't allow this. Yeah, they've made a point of saying her mom didn't want her to buy a certain sexy outfit. Again, I'm not saying it's wrong, okay? I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's like It's unrealistic. To yeah. Yeah, to school. Exactly, for a 17-year-old woman. It was it just sticks out since no one else at the school is dressed that way. Larry comes up to Xander again to thank him for letting him talk about all that stuff in the locker room. He helps a woman who drops her stuff. Oh, Xander's like, yeah, not here, not here. And Larry's like, I know, but just like, thanks, man. It is kind of weird that he's having this conversation in front of Buffy, since he does seem to want to keep it secret. Yeah. I don't know why he wouldn't just pull Xander aside. It's true. But Xander's kind of weird about it again. And Will and Oz talk about like, How's this going to work now that you were a werewolf part-time? And then Willow makes the period joke we all knew was coming, but didn't need that she's <laughs> also a nightmare three days out of the month. This episode, for the longest time, made me think that period is less than three days. I mean, maybe some do. My, mine is longer. I'm just going to go on the record and say that it takes maybe five days. Maybe the last two aren't as heavy, but it, unless they're talking about like PMS being, I don't know. I think it's maybe the PMS part, right? Like, because that's the part that makes you unpleasant to be around, right? Write us letters and tell us how long your periods are. That makes some people unpleasant to be around, and it makes sense because their hormones are out of balance. I'm not blaming anybody. Wear what you want. Be upset when you're PMS. Right, it's okay. No one's canceling you. And then Willow kisses him just a little bit and runs away. I would want to see his reaction. I don't think I could personally kiss someone and walk away without seeing how they felt about it, but go Willow. And that's the episode. Brian, what'd you think? Is it a good one? It is a good one. And the more I think about it, the more I like it. I like it for a bunch of reasons. One, I really like how it references so many previous episodes. I love it when Buffy does this. Because it makes all the throwaway Monster of the Week episodes, like, reinforces that, no, they happened and they had an effect. They weren't just a random episode and we forget about it. Yeah, and it kind of fixes the problem that, like, while this town doesn't seem to be going through any kind of trauma or remember any of these bad activities, these kids are at least remembering all those times. Yeah, we mentioned the witch episode, which I think is important because that's going to come up. Mm. Uh, we mentioned the I, Robot Eugene episode from season one, and we also mentioned the Teacher's Pet episode, and we mentioned the pack. It's a lot of episodes, and there may even be another one in there that I missed. I do think it's, like, very heavy-handed with the misogynist character, Kane. He's just, like, way over the top, like, women ain't nothing. Like, okay, man, do you exist? I'm sure that kind of guy does exist. He just seems very, very misogynist. In the same episode with Larry, too, mm-hmm. it's just, like, a lot of, like, I'm misogynist and I'm the bad guy. I'm like, you guys are car- Cartoons. You're not, no one is this ridiculous. And we're already in a show where the woman is the hero. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I liked it a lot. I, I like that Oz is a werewolf. That's an mm. interesting twist. Yeah. And I didn't see it coming. And I like that Buffy and Willow are interested in monsters. But yeah, I think it just like adds an extra dimension to this group of friends. And it was a good friend episode, I feel like. Yeah, despite Xander being conflicted about the moment he had with Buffy, the moment right before that was very nice where he was being a good friend. Trying to help her through her angel problems. And it was nice to be like Monster of the Week, but Angel's still there. Like, that's still happening. Don't Uh forget, guys. Yeah, I would have been kind of disappointed if we didn't even touch on that. Mm -hmm. Just because that's too big to ignore. Yeah. That's like affecting Buffy's entire emotional state right now. So which episode do you think was better? I think Buffy. Yeah. Gilmore Girls was fine, but like, this one was funnier. Even though it was a Monster of a Week, it was sort of a game changer with revealing that Oz was a werewolf. Mm -hmm. I don't know how big of a character he'll be going forward, but it seems like he's going to be a big character for the rest of the season anyway mm-hmm. and that's an interesting wrench in everything yeah i think it was just maybe a more enjoyable episode all around what do you think i have to agree right after watching these i was maybe leaning towards gilmore but the more i just like thought about phases i was like no it's just like a really good episode i think you liked gilmore girls more than i did yeah i like how they're handling the jess thing mm-hmm. even if i don't love jess as a character right now i like how it's being played i agree i, I just think there were maybe more enjoyable elements in buffy a- and i agree with you totally i think buffy just had a lot of really funny parts All right, we decided. Okay, so if you guys want to watch along next week, we'll be watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 2, Episode 16, Bewitched, Bothered, and Bewildered, which is one of my favorite episodes growing up, for sure. As well as Gilmore Girls Season 2, Episode 16, There's the Rub. In the meantime, we'd love to hear your thoughts about the episodes discussed in this podcast. Like, what was your high school gym class like? What was your high school dress code like? How would you have handled losing your bracelet in front of your dean? How would you have handled returning your bracelet to your Rory? What was Dean doing all afternoon? 
What's up with Kane? What was his problem, really? Have you cleaned your own gutters? Let us know. You can reach out by following us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok at Gilmore Slayer, where we post all kinds of interactive and behind-the-scenes content. And for comedy content not related to the podcast, you can follow us at, at Brian and Stacy. That's Brian with a Y and Stacy with a D-Y. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, also called Brian and Stacy, where we will post that Return to Oz review someday. Or you can send us a good old-fashioned email to brianandstacyreviews at gmail.com. If you like what you're hearing, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, if that's what you use. And if you do that, we'll give you a shout-out on the podcast. But now, back to Van. Diamond times things, baby. Diamond times things. And by that, I mean we just ordered a bunch of Indian food that we're going to eat. Eat out. No. We're going to go down on the food. No. What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> Bye.